1: Chuck completes his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 20 through 24.
0: These couple of sections here, from uh, verse 17 of chapter 22 down to verse 34 of 24, are regarded by uh, scholars as a separate section. They include about 20 instances in which two verses complete the thought rather than the one verse as we've experienced up till now. Almost every verse we've said is, stands on itself. From here on, there's gonna, you're going to discover it's typically two verses together that are in antithesis or what have you. Seven of these verses have three lines rather than the normal two lines, and two verses have even four lines. So it's going to have a little different style, and that's what catches the scholars notice here. There's also an ancient uh, Egyptian document that dates to about the, about 600 B.C., called the Instruction of Mn M. opi And uh, the first portion of this includes about 30 sayings, and this particular instruction, this Egyptian document, has 30 chapters. So some scholars think one borrowed from the other. Some scholars suggest that the, the, the wise men borrowed from the Egyptian work. You'll find that in some of your commentaries. But if you do your homework, you'll discover that this work, that work was written about 500 or 600 years before Christ, or 500 or 600 B.C. That's later than Solomon's time, which was from 971 to 931 B.C., and it's later than Hezekiah's reign, which is 715 to 686. So if anybody copied anybody else's, it's the other way around. You follow me? But it isn't that big a deal, frankly, because it's not, there, there, there's... A uh, not that many that are in common. In any case, though, I want to reemphasize that we're dealing with the Pro- book of Proverbs. It's in the Bible. And we know that all Scripture, Paul tells us, is given by the inspiration of God. And the word inspiration in the Greek means God-breathed. So we take with a totally different perspective if it's in the Scripture. So these speculations that it somehow has similarities to some some pagan thing is sort of incidental or irrelevant because we know that this is... We, we know where we stand. Moving on. though, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. There's that phrase. And apply thine art unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day even to thee. Have I not written to thee excellent things and counsels of knowledge. That I might make thee to know the certainty of the words of truth. That thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. Rob not the poor because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. That's interesting advice. That's interesting advice. Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Be not one of them that strike hands, or of them that are sureties for debts. If thou hast nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? Don't be a guarantor. When I went through my bankruptcy many years ago, after my Soviet Union adventure, my Jewish friends explained to me what a guarantor is. Chuck, that's a schmuck with a pen. (laughs) I got what I deserved. Remove not the ancient landmark which which thy fathers have set. You know, six times the Bible talks about moving a boundary marker, boundary stones. And uh, I won't bother listening. You can dig them out. They're easy to find. What I didn't realize until I was talking to some of the rabbis, they don't regard this as having, as limited to property lines. They regard this as a moral landmark. They regard this as doctrinal landmarks. Remove not the ancient landmark. They view this... Bear in mind, the, the, the Hebrew uh, hermeneutics has, you know, the Peshat, the direct meaning, but they also have the dirash, the the personal application. You and I generally aren't involved with boundary markers, but we are often perhaps a little too willing to set aside ancient traditions. should be careful. Remove not the ancient landmark. Um, Tradition is not a guide to conduct on the one hand. On the other hand, we want to be very cautious when we dismiss uh, practices and so forth until we're really sure what their origins are and the rest of it. Remove not thy ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. It's interesting, as you stu- if you study the Jewish Kabbalah, which is the occultic fringe of people who study the Torah, by the time you get there, you'll discover, if you study it carefully, it's a total inversion of everything else going on. It, uh, this, this kind of th- thinking comes up a lot in refuting the uh, foolishness and dangers of the Kabbalah. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? There's that word again. Diligent. It's often not in our vocabulary. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Chapter 23. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Now put a knife to your throat rather than this piece of steak or whatever. Be careful. That would, don't let your appetite be your snare. It says, Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Again, the book of Proverbs calls us to a life of caution, a life of modesty, a life of generosity to the people in need, a life of caution with respect to those that would lure us into an enterprise. Be careful. Have your guard up. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward the heaven. I don't know how he knew an eagle would be under dollar bills. But boy, they sure fly away easily. Don't they? <laughs> Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire, desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. This is dealing with the hypocrisy that is extant. And, and, and the higher you go in the social circles, not always, not always. I don't want to overgeneralize here. But the higher you go, the more superficial the relationships, the more diplomacy replaces sincerity. The mayor of Colorado Springs is famous for having made the remark, he says, the important thing in politics is sincerity. Once you can fake that, you've got it made. That line has been picked up by Tip O'Neill and some of the other guys too, but I gather it originated with a... Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Basically, it's a call to caution, not to fall into the trap of those things. Speak not in the ears of a fool. For he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Wow. Suffer the fool gladly? Huh? I don't think so. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Jesus says something very similar to this Cast not your pearls before the swine. That's a very strange idiom for Jesus to use. Because neither pearls nor swine were kosher. Swine certainly not, but neither neither were pearls, interestingly enough. I'll leave you with that to think through. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Interesting. There again we have the echo of that same thought. Remove not the old landmark. For their Redeemer is mighty and he shall plead their cause with thee. Apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Do you love your child enough to discipline him so he will survive this crazy world? That's the question. Do you love your child enough to teach him some basic manners so that he will find his way among in society? Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Do you love him enough for that? My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice when my lips speak the right things. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Boy, how difficult it is sometimes to... Deal with the issue when wicked prosper, when the scoundrels succeed to the top of an organization, when the when, when the, the people who are notorious cheats win. It's disturbing. It so let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. See, our focus needs to be on God, because then we take the long view. We know at the end of the road where it's going to end. Be not among winebibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe the man with rags. Boy, if we'd really understand. What, what great advice this father is giving the son all through here. The drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Laziness, in other words. Hearken unto thy father that begot thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have the joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. <laughs> Graphic. She also lieth and waits as for a prey, and increases the transgressors among men. Who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes? What's the answer to all these? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, but when it giveth his, his, his uh, color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent. And stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, and as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. In other words, the thing here is instability, obviously. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, "I, I I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it again. Well, keep moving. Last chapter. Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. Boy, that's great advice. It's hard not sometimes to be envious among the sinister types that sometimes appear to be winning. And you also want to, not only only do you not want to be envious, you don't want to be with them. You want to flee that, that whole world. For their heart steadieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. Boy, what moral courage it takes to to distance yourself from those kinds of conversations, those kinds of planning, those kinds of conclaves. When you see that happening, you find a way out of there. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases, increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. There it is again, the same. We've heard that about three or four times now. By wise counsel shalt thou make thy war. And in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool, he openeth not his mouth at the gate. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. Wow. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear, deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain. If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Who is the he he's talking about? We would be capitalizing that, wouldn't we? That's God himself. My son, eat thou honey, because it is good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Words of encouragement. Straightforward stuff. Lay not wait O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. You know, you it's in, in, interesting to compare Peter. Peter was always falling. He had foot and mouth disease, right? Denied Christ three times. Drew his sword in the Gethsemane when he shouldn't have. Always falling. But when he says falling seven times, again and again, God will restore him. There's another guy who just fell once. Don't hear much about him anymore. His name was Judas. It's interesting to compare the two. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. So when his enemy falls, don't rejoice. If you're enjoying his fall, keep it yourself, because <laughs> you don't want God to change his mind. Rejoice not when the enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it. And it displeases him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Fret it not that's, It's funny. I I I I'm given to understand that in China, there are some expressions uh, where the China, they have a little figure of speech they use, which basically implies uh, bad crops, and they always try to sort of create the sense of misfortune. Because if they get blessed, they don't want the gods to turn on them. They have that, 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 that same thought in reverse, if you will, here. let the Lord see it and displease him. And turn away his wrath from him. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. That's a tough thing but important thing to do. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious. How do you do that, by the way? How do you go about doing it? How do you keep from fretting over... Evil people. How do you uh, avoid being envious of them? By focusing on the Lord. Making Him your priority. Making Him your yardstick. Making Him a moment-by-moment commitment in life. It's when you take your eyes off Him that these kinds of things nip at your heels. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. My son, fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. In other words, if you're in a position of a judge, you shouldn't be playing favorites. You should be administering justice. That's basically the thought behind that one. He that saith to the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, and nations shall abhor him. Boy. The damage in our society, it's done by the guilty that go innocent in our courts. Scary stuff. But to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and good blessings shall come upon them. Every man shall kiss his lips that giveth a right answer. Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thine house. You know, verse 27 of chapter 24 is a very key verse many people don't really understand. What this says is that you, if you're a farmer, you should build your barn before you build your house. If you're a workman, outfit your workshop before you build your house. That's in effect what it's saying. That sounds strange. The women don't like that. They want me to bury this one. Prepare thy work outside and make it fit for thyself in the field. Bear in mind, they're dealing with an agricultural environment here. Make it fit for thyself. Afterwards, build thine house. Your first attention should be to the tools you need to produce the income before you build the fancy, split-level, whatever super thing. Priorities are important. Prepare thy work without, outside. Make it fit for thyself in the field. Afterwards, build thine house. Important principle. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips. Say not, I will do to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Say not. Huh? Interesting. That's sort of the inverse of the golden rule, huh? I went by the, this is an interesting, an interesting piece of philosophy. I went by the field of the slothful, the lazy person, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. It's interesting, I visualize the, the writer here walking along the road and beholding this neglected field. And drawing a very fundamental insight about life from that. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, traveleth and thy want as an armed man. In other words, relax a little bit, catch a little nap, what harm can come, and poverty will come rapidly. Rapidly and want as an armed man. Well, that's uh, the verse. those are the chapters we had set aside for ourselves for this session. The Proverbs of Solomon written, set over by himself. In the next session, we're going to have Proverbs of Solomon that are set in order by the men of Hezekiah. I realize there are some that think that because of the stylistic differences, that these were some of them were maybe not from Solomon. We don't have any real evidence of that. In the meantime, I, I sort of yield to the basic scholarship which says they're all Solomon. In fact, uh, after the next session, we have what I consider the dessert of the entire book. We're going to, what you might want to do if you're going to read ahead, we won't take it up next time, it'll be the time after next, but the oracle of Agur, I'm going to suggest to you when we get there that the first five verses of chapter 30 are a messianic prophecy. And you won't find that, I believe, in any commentary you're likely to stumble across. Uh, but I'll show you why we have that view. And that'll be fun. But we'll we'll keep that as our little surprise when we get to the uh, chapter 30. But in the meantime, read Proverbs 25 through 29. And let me remind you to keep your logbook up. What do I mean by that? For those that no, don't know what I'm talking about, I'm suggesting that there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and I suspect that's of, of, of God's design. In the morning, you read the chapter for the date, whatever the date is, that, whatever that date is, you read that chapter. And then what you do, in the evening, you take your logbook and you record the verse that proved to be the most relevant for you that day. It'll be a, a varied menu of different advice that you get in each chapter. And you read them through. And during the day, there'll be one of those that'll hit you between the eyes. That night, when you open your logbook, write down the verse that meant to you the most. And now you do that for a whole month. So if you did it diligently, you'd have a page for every 31 days. In the second month, you do the same thing again. And what'll happen is the next time, you although you do the same thing, your personal discovery will be the most relevant one will be tailored to your specific day and it won't be the same as the last time. And it, this will be meaningless to you until you do it and you see what the Holy Spirit does for you by doing that. Uh, you know, just uh, um, you know, uh, humor me. Give it a try. Do it for two months and see what happens. Let's stand for a closing word of prayer. Let's bow our hearts. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, for your word. and We thank you for this book. We thank you, Father, for the wisdom, the practical advice that, we, that deals with everything we encounter during the day. We do pray, Father, that you would increase in us a discernment on these things. Help us to make these things real in our own priorities. Help us, Father, That we indeed might be kept from error and trouble. That we might indeed be more diligent stewards of the resources you've put at our disposal. Especially the opportunities that you put before us. We would pray, Father, that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, you'd help each of us to be more effective. And above all, to grow And grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior in applying these things to our day to day living. We would ask this, Father, that we might be more pleasing in your sight, that we might be more responsive to what you would really have in each of our lives, that we might fulfill that special calling that you have for each of us in the days that remain as we commit ourselves this night into your hands without any reservation. In the name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store or... Search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.